Good morning, church. I don't think I've ever said my name, and I feel like I'm a new person here. My name is Michael Washington, and I'm one of the pastors here. Um, I want to pull from uh, what Ed said a little bit ago uh, to, to introduce how we'll spend the, the sermonic time today. Ed said uh, about the, the upcoming meeting that uh, he invited us to come to listen and to come to share. And I'm going to ask you to think about the next few moments in that same way. I'm going to ask you, ask us this morning to come to listen and to come to share. We were singing about uh, coming to the altar a few minutes ago, and uh, the altar in Scripture was created uh, for two primary reasons. If you look at the Bible and you see in, the, in primarily in the First Testament uh, when the people of God were uh, creating altars, they did so for two reasons. They created altars um, setting up stones to remember, to remember what God had done to remember what God had brought them through, to remember how they were transformed and changed. They set up altars to remember, to bring to mind for themselves and for their community the work of God among them. So you'll see Joshua before the people of God went into uh, the promised land, before they... um, went into those promised places. They would set up stones. This happened in Genesis. This happened throughout the early times. Eventually, those altars were set up in the temple, but it was for the same purpose of remembering. That was the first primary reason. The second reason uh, you see altars being set up uh, is to worship. Altars were places where people would come to be struck by the awe and wonder and worth of God. So it was for the people, I need to remember. And it was for God, I need to worship. This morning, we're going to build an altar among us in the form of testimonies. And as a church, we're going to remember some of the things that God has been doing in us. And we're going to worship because of God's work among us. You know that we're going, we finished this Emotionally Healthy Spirituality series, and that's the primary uh, lens through which I'm inviting you to think through your testimony so that what has God done in me? What has God done to me through this community, through these sermons, through my small group, through the activity that I've been involved in over these months with this topic of being a loving person who is growing in spiritual and emotional maturity? What's been happening? What comes to mind? What do I recall? What am I doing now? 
that I wasn't doing before because of what God has done? And how can I speak of God? That's going to look like you coming up here, holding this microphone, and sharing with us. Share with us a part of the story of what God is doing. Don't share the whole story. I thought of a joke there that I won't tell. But share, share part of the story of what God is doing. And, and, and risk a little bit, risk a little bit to do that. Finally, um, when you come up, this, this feels important to me to say, when you come up, if you want to share, as Ed invited us, if you've listened to what God has done, you're sitting in your seat and you want to share, but you're afraid, and you want a companion in order to share, Come up and say something like, I want to share, but I don't want to be alone. And somebody will come and stand with you. You'll share, but you don't have to do it by yourself. Okay? And I don't know who that'll be. It might be somebody from your small group. It might be a new friend who you've never met before. Take a moment, and this one in complete quiet, and just listen and hear. Then I'll pray and open the time. Holy Spirit, you build us through the words of others. You make us disciples of Jesus when people share the story of God's work in their lives. This that will happen, this altar building, is the primary way the gospel is shared among us. So we surrender to you. to what memories, to what current right now life experiences you're bringing us into to make us more loving, committed, emotionally and spiritually mature followers of Jesus. Help us to listen to you as we listen to each other. Help us to hold the stories that are given to us because they are the God-given gifts that you have for us. We are yours, and this time is yours. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. So I've talked to some of my sisters. I don't cry in front of anybody, and I'm going to cry in front of everybody. 
just get it over with at once, right? I didn't, I, I went through EHS thinking it was a good idea, that this was going to be helpful in general, but I didn't quite expect just such an intense impact on my life. So for about nine years, I've been taking anxiety medication because I have these like stricken panic attacks. And I've been walking through my life just sort of operating out of function. And it looks pretty perfect from the outside. I think I'm kind of good at operating that way. But just sort of reading through the text and thinking about, like, why do I function the way I function? And why do I have anxiety attacks? And why, why am I laden with guilt about living in Chicago and not in Ohio with our family? And why, do I, why am I just bound by some things? And uh, so through the divine nature of God, my doctor forgot to refill my prescription. So I said, well, maybe now is the time to consider the whys and not just the hows to fix the outside. So through this series of steps, I stopped taking anxiety medication and started freaking out that I was going to, like, suffocate. Started going to therapy for the first time in my life. And I've been sort of walking through this history of my life and giving myself permission to feel emotion to feel something besides the need to take care of others and potential to take care of myself and not feeling guilty about that and listening to the Holy Spirit, like actually listening and not just running through a shopping list of things that I need from him and spending sporadic, inconsistent time telling him what I need, but just listening. So I don't think, I think it's like one of those like, operating an autopilot, and then, crap, everything's falling apart, and things are disintegrating, and stuff I thought was my gravity is falling apart, and I think that I was abused as a child, psychologically and emotionally, and that sucks, you know, that sucks to think that your parents, who you've always loved and adored, treated you poorly and did a bad job in some ways, and that it's affected my adult life, and it's affected who I am, and how I love you, and how I love my child, and how I love my husband, and how I love God. But that's a part of my story, and that's who I am, and God has not dropped the ball one time in my life. You found me, and you followed me, and you protected me. And as long as I'm alive, I will never know how much he has done for me. But he placed a girl in my life when I was 16 that said, you should come to church. And I heard the Spirit of God speak to me. And he has walked with me every minute. And he's brought me here. And I'm confessing that I'm broken. And that I'm shattered outside of his spirit. And there is nothing that I can do to save myself. Even though I've tried for a really long time. And I couldn't be more grateful to be his child. Because without him, I would be lost. So, um, yeah, right? Yeah, look, I'm crying. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Um, I would like to start saying something, a really beautiful lesson that I had yesterday in my solitude time with God. It is um, take silence and solitude, not as, not as a punishment, but as a gift. And I realized about that yesterday because usually when I have a time in solitude, I 
used to listen at the gospel or do different things and I think, okay, that's my solitude time. But in fact, it's not because I'm just fulfilling my mind of other things. So really having uh, a silence time is to let your mind rest so then God can really talk to us and fulfills us the way that nothing and no one else can do it. So for me here it's kind of difficult um, to get fulfilled. Like I'm, I'm just meeting new people and having new friends, but coming here is a blessing and it comes always with uh, some obstacles that we have to learn on how to pass to build up our character and sometimes that's difficult because if you're doing it alone it's like sometimes you need a hug or a support or a good counsel and you're not going to get it from no one else because all your family or your all your friends and everyone is outside is is in another place so that was difficult for me at the really beginning but then yesterday, I, I was I was really sad. Yesterday, I was I was really shattered, and then um, I start really being in silence, really letting God talking to me. And it was just like He told me, "Let be me. Let me do my my work on you." Don't, don't believe you're the superhero that you can help other ones and you're not going to feel anything because you're suffering. But let me fulfill you. Have faith in what I did. And still, if you have some problems on the things you, you received as gifts, if there is, and, and he showed me yesterday, if, if there is a door that I open for you, Nobody is going to close it, no matter what obstacle you can be passing by, what emotional or obstacle in faith, in, in health, sorry. But just have faith. So that was my testimony. Um, it, is, it is really beautiful how you can see backwards, how you would act before you had those type of feelings or or senses that um, there are some situations that are like arrows on your heart, but then how God comes and just with a whisper, just with a word, he can really heal all those things. It's just have enough faith, faith to believe on him, on what he's doing to uh, on us. Thank you. Lynn, can I borrow your guitar for a few minutes? Would you bring it? So my name's Tom. I work here at the church. Some of you know me. Uh, I'm a recovering addict. When an addict starts using, he stops developing emotionally. So, so if I've been in serious recovery, and I have for five years, that means I'm 19 years old standing here right now. Um, the disease of addiction is debilitating. It's potentially fatal. Uh, without God, uh, I don't have a possibility of recovering. And I, I have to thank the people that I've been involved with here at New Community 
for helping me along the way. I have to say that it has been a tremendous struggle and the struggle will continue. Uh, I have found some strengths in uh, just working in this chapel when it's empty and picking up and vacuuming. It's very peace-giving and enlightening for me to just be alone here and work for God. And I, I can't express the gratitude that I feel for having been able to do that. And then just showing up and trying to do the right thing, more opportunities have opened up for me where I can change the career I was in to, uh, to be a janitor. And I got to tell you, it's a revelation. It doesn't, it doesn't sound really emotional or uh, really enlightening, but it's, uh, it's something that, that I, can, I can do well and I can do for God. There's no way I can pay God back. I was thinking about that this morning for all of the uh, poison I put in my system and all of the relationships I destroyed and damaged. Uh, so today for me, from an emotional standpoint, it's about showing up and being here for somebody else that comes up the street and needs a pat on the back and a hand up. Thanks, everybody. I think for me, just being in a small group this season, I haven't been in a small group in a really long time, and just just going through the BHS book, and one of the studies was grief, and I just lost my grandfather a couple weeks ago, and it just seems like it's been one after another, one after another, and it's been really difficult for me. And I'm just really grateful for my small group and how they just come alongside me and how they just love me. And I'm just thankful, like, during this time, I, I feel like I've never been so close to God than I have been now. And just just want to thank, thank my small group leader, Melina and all the crazy girls <laughs> in my small group. Not in a bad way, but um, <laughs> just um, I'm just thankful that during this time right now I, where I really see how much I need community and how much I really need God. And I'm just so grateful again, like, you know, just to be able to be in a small group and originally – I wasn't going to be in a small group because I was just like, I get bored easily and it's hard to pay attention. And I'm sure the people in my small group know that, but <laughs> but um, I'm just really grateful that I have a community that could come alongside of me when I'm hurting. And thank you, everybody. <laughs> Hello. So nervous to be up here. Um, I think this is so vulnerable, but uh, the Holy Spirit works in funny ways. So um, I actually have to confess that I haven't been coming to church for a while. Um, missed the emotionally healthy spiritual series um, because uh, so afraid of what that will bring up. Um, 
I'm just a very emotional person, as my small group can attest to, but there's also just a lot of pain um, from uh, a history of just having a family that is very emotionally unhealthy and not supportive of my walk with Christ. So uh, the only reason I'm standing up here is because when I sit in the pews and I get moved by the Holy Spirit, I think it's sometimes the time to just be vulnerable and say that God is so real and that he draws you back again and again and he never lets you down. Um, Yeah, so uh, months and months have gone by where I haven't been sitting at church and I've had, I'm pretty sure, a lot of people praying for me to come back here um, as well as my husband. And yeah, just some of them, it's really vulnerable being up here because I don't get to see Misty now in the pews because she won't be here. But just there's people who have been cheering us on um, as a testimony that God is very consistent and will not let you down. (laughs) Um, So that's just, yeah, that's a little bit of this. But thanks for being, yeah, awesome team. (laughs) Hello, everyone. I haven't been in Chicago for very long, and I just came to Newcom a couple weeks ago, so I'm fairly new to Chicago. Um, I just want to share that uh, recently I was actually let go from my job. I kind of left everything back in Colorado and came here to start over. But um, I've been really struggling with trying to discern what God wants me to do in my life, uh, whether he wants me to go ahead and maybe go back to Colorado or to remain here and trust in him to open doors. I just want to say that uh, through my Christian life, there have been so many times where God goes ahead, and if you just trust in his timing, he opens doors for you in many different ways. And I've been so thankful that, you know, like at the last minute when you think all hope is lost and you surrender everything to God, he just, miraculous things just happen. His timing is so perfect in a way that we have so many things to be thankful for. Um, I remember last week's sermon uh, with Pastor Peter that the way that I've been living my Christian life, it's always that we're in need. We always go ahead and turn to him the most. And um, it's not the way that, you know, we should be living at all. Um, I know that every single day I have so many things to be thankful for and grateful for. Um, One thing that I'm very grateful for is a community like this that I was blessed with. So um, I'm very thankful for that. Um, and it also reminds me that um, just what Pastor Peter says about how we exhale and say, God, I can't. But then you breathe in and say, but you can. You know? You trust in that. And you go ahead and remember that God says that if you leave me your yoke, you know, surrender your yoke to me, and I'll bear that for you. But you go ahead and bear his. He gives us that because it's so much more easier to bear his than to go ahead and bear your own. You know, and we really cannot bear our own. We can't take upon our own cross and deal with the stress and anxieties of the world, you know. Um, so I just want to say that, you know, let's stay encouraged. Let's support one another. I mean, I'm fairly new, but, you know, I want to get to know many of you guys here too. Um, but, yeah, please uh, let's be prayerful for our church. And um, thank you very much. I've been sitting, trying to think of, like, what part I'm going to share or how it's going to be cohesive. 
So we'll see what happens. But pretty recently, I heard this song off my friend's gospel playlist called When I Think About the Lord. And it was, it's, it's a throwback song, I think. Um, am, I, am I wrong? Okay, yeah, yeah, no. Um, but yeah, um, if you haven't heard it, it goes like, when I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he picked me up and turned me around, how he placed my feet on solid ground. And that was, when it, when it came up, I'm going to try really hard to use I statements, by the way, keep it personal. But when I heard it, it was, it, it, it came up a week after last week's uh, service on confessing, telling God that I'm not going to be in the way of what he's going to do. Because that was a big revelation for me, that what's keeping him from moving in my life, what's keeping him from doing something in my life is me and how I think I look to other people. Because in my, in my construct, in my head, when I appear to other people, like, I'm, I'm chill, I'm, I'm Gucci, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm, perfect is really strong, but like, I'm okay, you know what I mean? And in that okay construction myself, God is nowhere to be found. And that addiction is a very real thing, especially kind for me, like going in my mind because because no one no one else knows my mind but me and God. And in that perfect construction of myself, I'm still okay. You know what I mean? I'm not okay up here, but out here, I'm good. But that song, when I think about the Lord, when I think about the Lord and how despite my addiction, despite not putting him in my life, despite doing my best not to say the name of Jesus, except when I need him and in my room, doing, doing my best to do my best not to be addicted and then turning around for who knows how long and then just assuming that I just want to think about the Lord and how he saved me and how he raised me and how I'm here today and how it's not up to me and how I didn't raise me and how I didn't pick me up and how I didn't turn me around every day. <laughs> and I don't know what it looks like going forward, what God looks like in my life, the way God wants my life to look like. But what I've learned in these, I guess, this past these past two weeks is that it's saying when God has done something. Like, sidebar, I, I took a pretty big exam yesterday. And, like, my friends were telling me, congratulations, you did it. Like, you're alive. I'm like, I was alive when I went in, you know. <laughs> like, like, God was the one that brought me through that. God was the one that got me there, that took me through it. The one that's keeping me going. And that's what, that's at least trying to close because I feel this this is very long. That's what God is looking like for me right now and it's going to be different in the next 10 minutes or the next 10 years but it's saying God when he says, when I when I know it's him. I was very circular. I don't know if there was a path to what I just said but thank you. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Chow and I woke up angry this morning. I was just kind of irritated because I worked till 1 a.m. yesterday and because I had told myself um, 
starting last week that I was going to be serious about practicing the Sabbath and setting aside 24 hours to give to the Lord because he is God and I am not. Um, and so I woke up irritated because I had failed God and failed myself and been disobedient. And so I felt just annoyed. And, um, and then I was supposed to have a phone call with a friend this morning and I was waiting for them to call me. And then I realized that they had actually said they wanted to talk yesterday. And so I totally missed it. And so I was irritated at them, irritated at myself, irritated just in general. And as I was driving to, um, driving here to church, I, I wasn't paying that much attention to the road, but when I, um, I was at a stoplight, <laughs> so I had to stop. And then we, I started going again, and a car, like the car right in front of me, I looked at their license plate, and it said, Y R U M A D. And I was like, <laughs> Okay. needed to hear that one. And so I, I feel like that's what, <laughs> and so I feel like that's what this whole journey of emotionally healthy spirituality has been for me these past couple of months. It's, it's God saying, why are you angry? Why are you stressed? Why, like, why are you feeling all these things? Don't just kind of pretend that you're not feeling it. Pretend to put on a happy face before you get to the church. It's God inviting me to say, like, what's going on here with you, Elizabeth? What's actually God calls me Liz. I'm the one who's trying to go by Elizabeth. But, <laughs> but um, God has been just kind of prompting me, and today was just a good reminder of um, kind of opening up into the things I'm feeling. And um, I was looking in my journal just now to try to see like what God had been teaching me. And right before the series started, someone asked me, do you know yourself? Do you feel like you know yourself? Um, and I feel like um, God is still inviting me. I feel like I'm not there yet, um, obviously, but um, to get to know myself more through emotions and so that I can entrust the, mo the more I know of myself, the more I can entrust myself to the more I know of God. And so that's kind of what's going on with me. And I just wanted to share. I committed to get to the third row, so I felt like I had to follow through. So um, my name's Kiji. Um, <laughs> I, um, I graduated college last December, so yes. Um, and thanks, wow, okay. <laughs> um, and sorry. <laughs> um, I... <laughs> It just, um, I think a lot of people know, but it just wasn't what you expected it to be. And, wow, I wasn't really thinking I was going to cry. But um, it was really hard because I just felt like everything was gone. I'm from California, so home's a faraway place. And then school was not my place anymore, so then there was nothing. So I felt really alone and lost. And I started coming to new community. And it was great. And people were like, you got to join a small group. And I was like, I don't know these people. I don't want to do that. And then 
then we just kind of said it, and then someone was like, all right, you're in a small group. And I was like, okay, we're in a small group. So, um, but it's been probably the greatest blessing in my life. And every Sunday I'm like, yes, small group, and yes, church, and I'm really excited. But um, during this time, I just have been learning so much about um, what it means to um, be a living sacrifice um, in Romans 12. And you think you get a college degree, you're like, man, I know so much. And then you're like, crap, wow, I know nothing at all. And um, <laughs> and it's just been, sorry, no, North Park has great education. Go do it, support it, love it, North Park till I die. But um, <laughs> um, I, should, I should get hired. Anyways, um <laughs> But anyways, I, um, it's just been this image that I've been thinking about a lot of just what this altar looks like and what does it look like to be a living sacrifice that physically has to climb on it. You know how sometimes you think of like, oh, they just put a dead animal and it's there and it's going to burn or whatever. And then it's like, wow, I have to literally like put my legs up and arms up and pull myself up and lie there and say that everything of who I am, my controlling, crazy, loud, um, frustrated, I don't know, parts of me just needs to die and give it to the Lord. And no matter how much I think that I know what my life is going to be like or what it's supposed to look like, just being able to lie there and say, like, God, I don't care where I'm at now, and I don't care where you are, where you bring me in the future. As long as I'm there making the day daily choice of climbing that altar and saying, God, it's all yours. And yeah, it's just been an incredible, I guess, just four months of just being from where I was alone to being surrounded by people that I love so dearly. And just how much God can change your life in a matter of two seconds if you just let him. That God can change your life. In a matter of two seconds, if you let him. That God can change your life if you let him. And I just want to encourage everybody to get on that altar because it'll hurt and it'll burn. But man, is it so worth it. So, so worth it. Because he will open your eyes and change your entire life more than you can ever know. Thanks. Hi. So I'm... uh very new to this community and um, throughout my life I've gone through a lot of times where difficult things have happened and I've struggled with just being committed and just really giving my all to God and every single time right when I needed him most he came through. Um, When I was in fourth grade I was hit by a car I broke uh, my femur in two places and my kneecap split in three and I was told I would never walk again and I'm up here right now. And then um, then a couple years ago, my my grandmother um, had a stroke and she um, was in a coma and the doctor called my entire family in and said, you need to make a decision. She's not going to wake up. And as we were in the lobby deciding whether to keep her there or not, she woke up. And again, it was just, it was God just saying, I have you, you're gonna, it's gonna be okay, I have you. And then um, in November, I was, um, I, they found a tumor 
in me, and I didn't know what to do. And um, Holly, who I am, is my girlfriend now, um, introduced me to a couple people from this community and from this church. And without knowing me, without knowing who I was, they held my hand and they prayed for me. And it was just one of the greatest feelings I've ever had. And I just want to thank everyone here for accepting me and just allowing me to be a part of this. And just um, a saying that my family has that I want to pass on to you is don't quit five minutes before the miracle happens because it's going to happen because God is always there for you and he's always with you. Thank you. I'm Grant. I've been debating the whole time if I should get up and share, but I've been coming to New Community for about nine months now, and it took me a year and a half of being in seminary to find a church that I felt vulnerable with. And I think through this whole emotionally healthy spirituality, I've, I've realized how, e- how hard, actually, how hard it is for me to open up emotionally with people. I can be very intellectual. I can be very, like, in my books and, like, know all the right answers and be very gung-ho in the beginning about things. Um, and then life happens, and I start thinking about my life, and I think... Well, I have all this crap that's going on, all this emotional baggage that I bring to the table, and I get really anxious, and I get really nervous, and I lack peace. Um, And kind of through this season that we've been going through with Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, I've been um, meditating on Romans 5.1. It talks about, therefore, having been justified. Um, We have peace with God through Christ our Lord. And I don't think we just have peace through Christ, but we have peace through the community of Christ. And I want to encourage just as the, as I've experienced peace with my small group, um, at the times that I've been vulnerable, because it's hard to be vulnerable. It's hard to open up emotionally, um, that I've experienced that peace with God through Christ and through new community and through my small group. And so I just, I want that to be a testimony of if you do feel anxious, if you do feel like you're not at a spot where you can open up to people, know that peace will come through being able to open up and that that a safe place at new community, you'll be met with that because um, I've been met with that. Hey guys, I, uh, I don't go to this church first time here. I'm loving it, by the way. Um, I uh, I just have a lot of, um, I'm a young guy, I'm 17, but I have a lot of, uh, I think, lessons and and things that people have taught me um, and just situations I've gone through in my life. Um, And so growing up, my parents divorced when I was 13. and a couple years later, I found out I had depression. Um, do like diff- different blood tests, different um, tests in the hospital. The depression was a chemical imbalance in my brain, and it's insomnia and all that too. But like that's not all bad. I'm just that's just background story. Um, but um, so I've I've had lots of lots of different ways of trying to cope. Um, and lots of different ways of trying to um, find love that wasn't there or just be someone who God didn't intend me to be. And 
languish in my faith and languish in what what I could do and, and who I could be. Um, and so just recognizing God's mercy through my whole journey um, and through any pain I've experienced is something that stands out the most to me. I, uh, I like the verse um, Romans 8, 38. Uh, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor, nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love in Christ the Lord our Jesus. And that verse to me speaks to me on a multiple number of levels. So, I mean, I didn't prepare a speech or anything, and I'm just, I just want to get across that God's love is amazing in your roughest times, the times when you're on rock bottom, that is God's mercy. That's God's mercy to be able to teach other people who are in your place, teach other people who don't know how to come out of what what's what's going on and so yeah just have mercy receive mercy give mercy yeah thank you i dragged my wife up here um <laughs> um my name is matt and this is my beautiful wife allison and i had kind of a rough week <laughs> so it was my birthday on saturday this last saturday um, and turned 27, and so Allison took me out the day before um, to go just celebrate. We had a great time together. Um, the next day, though, uh, she, well, actually that day, she took off, and she went to the Bahamas <laughs> the day before my birthday. Uh, <laughs> for my birthday, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But um, we've been learning so, so much. Uh, we moved to Chicago kind of along Grant. We've been here uh, about nine months, eight months, nine months. And uh, a midweek, Allison just got back yesterday. And midweek, I started to perceive some weird feelings in myself that I don't know if I really would have picked up to the same degree before we did Emotionally Healthy Spirituality uh, with our small group. And I was reminded, well, so about Monday, I started to just get, uh, like, really, really not feel like myself. I had a great birthday, just so you guys know. Great birthday. Sunday was great being here. But I started to kind of just feel like some, like I was a part of who I was, was gone. Um, and I, I sound, I, I, on Monday night, sent Allison a, uh, an email and, uh, and just lost it, just was like, I cannot believe that I miss you as much as I miss you right now. It's been, what, three days at that point. Um, and I just wanted to be with her. And I, and there were so many things that I started to realize my life just started to like, there were these things that I just didn't realize, um, I needed with her, um, that she provided for me. Uh, and, there are many, many things I could go into all of them, but the point of all this is really um, when we when we were engaged, God kind of started teaching us that our marriage is supposed to be an example of his relationship with his people in every way. And so as I started to experience these longings, I mean, I sat in a 
conversation with a friend of mine on Monday night, literally sobbing, just like sobbing. Like, I miss my wife. Uh, and he's like, what? He's like, that's one thing. First, that's really cute. Second, wow, like, what? And I was like, yeah, man, I just, like, feel all this stuff, and it's just coming out now that I've gone through emotionally healthy spirituality. And, and, uh, and, and but I started to realize that that longing um, really, it is, it's for Allison, but God uses these longings over and over and over again in our relationship to just be an example of the way that I'm longing for him, that I long to be with him. And I, I long to be with Allison. I really do. Like, I, I wouldn't have dragged her up here if I didn't. Uh, I just want to be with her the whole time. I didn't want to have to. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I just... I just believe, and I don't know if there's marriages out there right now that need to, to see. It really, our marriages are meant to be an example of God's relationship with his people. And so if you're married, I encourage you to press into that truth. Because God has so much he wants to reveal about, your, about his love through your love for your spouse, through your struggles with your spouse. God wants to, to just show you that he loves, uh, he loves you unconditionally. So I pray you'd press into that. Um, and I'm just really grateful Allison's home. I'm grateful we will one day uh, be at home with the Lord um, when he comes uh, again. So, Hi, everybody. Hey, hey. I'm so happy you love your wife, okay? That is your boo. Yes. Amen. Amen, Lord. Yes. I'm so glad y'all are right here with me. Um, I was, you know... One of the things that I find difficult is to not fill this space. And so during Testimony Sunday, I really challenged myself today to really think about, you know, do I need to speak or do I need to listen? And I'm so happy I just took time to listen um, and just reflect as people spoke. And um, gosh, maybe almost my dad came last June. And my testimony then was that I got in this amazing new job. I don't know if you guys remember, because um, I went on for a minute, and I was like, you know, my dad was there, and I was like, Daddy, doesn't this job sound like it's for me perfectly, exactly? Every piece of this job is for me. See, this part says this, bookie. This part says this, bookie. This part says this, bookie. If you don't remember, that was how the testimony went. Um, and, you know, like a good father, he supported me. And um, recently I found out that the my position um, is going to be cut because we don't have funding for next year. And I, I realized as people were talking um, during this series, because this is like the thing I'm passionate about, right? So God, this has been my space, how, how to feel free. And I'm a therapist, by the way. So how to, how to be able to express oneself and how that reveals and brings us closer to God. But I just realized as people were talking that, you know, I obviously am really disappointed that I won't be in this position for this next year. But because we've been talking so much about Sabbath and so much about rest, um, and we've been talking about how to be closer to God through honesty in our emotions, I've been okay. I've been all right. I, I'm, not, I'm not that worried. I mean, that and, you know, Jesus has saved me about five times with this job situation. Y'all just don't know. Every single time, like, oh, I got fired today. Oh, what's going to happen, Jesus? Um, and then he comes through for me. Um, but just realizing that, you know, focusing on Sabbath and being close to him 
That's what gives us rest. That's what gives us peace. And we do have to fight for it. Um, just the way he sacrificed himself for us, that it's so important that we um, fight for that time with him. And just realizing that, um, I just realized I'm just so happy for church. Like, you, you come, you have to slow down. I mean, I struggle the next hour right after it's over. But that I have time to sit and to listen and to take him in through my community and just with him being here. So that's my testimony, that I'm finally at this place and with this series realizing that it really doesn't matter, you know, the circumstance. I mean, now let me tell you, I'd say that after hours and hours of therapy, okay, let me tell you, lots of therapy. Um, but Jesus is there in each circumstance um, and, 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 and me getting to be honest in my emotion and getting to be fully vulnerable with him and knowing that he knows me um, gives me peace no matter what changes are happening. So um, I've been blessed to, to lead in this series and to listen in this series. And, and I'm happy and excited that as a church, this is something that we've committed to. So thank God for that. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and... For a few of you to respond in prayer, one at a time, aloud for us, out of what you've heard, out of what the Spirit has said, out of what you've felt, hearing the testimonies, the work of God in us. Just a few of you, uh, to, to one of you at a time, to stand and pray brief prayers of worship, thanksgiving for what we've heard today. Thank you for all of your work. Thank you for every story. Thank you for every finished work and every finished story. And thank you for the works in progress. The ways that you're writing endings that are yet unseen. The ways you're growing us. The ways you've got us in process now. Thank you for each preacher testifier today who has shared out of what they've lived through. Thank you for the gift of listening and hearing and praising. God, we ask that as we uh, continue in this next worship and as we give uh, not just stories and not just our listening, but as we give our other offerings, our tithes, contributions to the to the work of your kingdom that that the gospel would be on display in this we remember how good you've been and we worship you for your goodness to us and so as we give today as we sing and give today be pleased by our worship as you've been pleased by our testimonies we ask all these things in the strong name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen.